Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. You're here because you want to learn about how to live a healthier life, how to live more sustainably, how to take your everyday actions and make them work for you and the planet. Sometimes it might feel like you've got this figured out and other times you probably feel lost. That's why I'm here. Together, we will learn how to live happier, healthier lives without the need to be perfect and always allowing space for a little cluelessness on this journey to living a more conscious life. Today on the podcast, I talk to authors of the unofficial vegan Harry Potter cookbook, Imana and Tyler. They are two beautiful souls working to end animal abuse in the muggle world. Here we go. Are you ready to hear some good news stories? Dive into the Healthy Seas podcast and meet the people doing all they can to help the seas and oceans thrive from above and below the waves. Host Crystal DiMicelli talks to diverse fishers, experts, and more about what they're doing to protect our source of life and how you and I can help from wherever we are. Healthy Seas is a marine conservation organization whose mission is to tackle the ghost fishing phenomenon and turn this waste into an opportunity for a more circular economy. They do this through cleanups, prevention, education, working with partners who recycle and repurpose this material. This new show highlights their work and the work of their peers around the world. Go to forcesfornature.com slash healthy seas podcast to listen. I am so excited to be here with both of you. I honestly appreciate it so much. I fangirled once you responded oh. to me starting this unofficial Harry Potter vegan cookbook on the internet series that I just <laughs> dove into and you Amazing. both responded right away. And I was like, <laughs> I can just say, and I'm sure Amana was about to say the exact same thing. We appreciate you doing that so much so much i didn't even write the recipes but even seeing somebody do them i'm like whoa she's actually doing she's making the dragon roasted nuts (laughs) (laughs) i found this book in i saw it in your eyes on on veg news or something on their instagram somebody's and i saw it and i saved it and i happened to be traveling that day because the closest barnes and nobles two and a half hours from me so I happened to be traveling and I'm like, that's my first stop. I found the last one. I was like, okay, this is a sign. And my cousin was like, you should do this for the internet. You should absolutely do this. And my friend had already bought me one for Christmas. I have two now. This was meant to be. (laughs) This was meant to find me. Amazing. There have been so many people who, and I'm sure you get the same thing, who come to us and they're like, my family, they all got me this book for Christmas. They saw it and they were like, oh, this needs to be for, because I think there are so many people that identify as not only vegan or not only Harry Potter fans, but as the vegan Harry Potter fan. And yes. so many people are coming to yes. us and they're like, oh, my family got me this book or my grandma saw this book and thought of me. It's such yes. a cool intersection of identity. So <laughs> since there's two of us or two of you, three of us, I would love if you could each introduce yourselves so we know who we're listening to real quick. They already know my voice. Everyone's sick of my voice. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> oh, gosh. Did you want me to take it away? Amon? What did you say? Yes, take the stage. Oh, my gosh. No, please. Okay. So my name is Tyler Starr. I am the co-author of the unofficial Harry Potter vegan cookbook with my best friend, Amon. I am a Slytherin, very proud Slytherin, and I've been vegan for over 11 years now and an animal rights activist for over 12. Wow. I have a thousand questions follow up that I'll put a pin in. <laughs> my name is Imana Goshuis. I am a Dutch kitchen witch. 
I am the co-author of the unofficial Harry Potter vegan cookbook. I am a recipe developer, food stylist, and food photographer. And I think in a few years, so many more things. But for now, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> and the owner of uh, Magical Food Department. And I also a Slytherin, right? That. And a very proud, ambitious Slytherin. Interesting. I'm a Hufflepuff. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, and that's usually people's responses. We know, hun. <laughs> you didn't have to say anything, Carly. You didn't have you. to tell. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Look, our common room is by the cafeteria. I can get snacks whenever I want. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. It's true. Yeah, I am fine that's with true. it. So this podcast is called Consciously Clueless. And that came from this place now two and a half years ago, which is wild to me, of saying, I love learning. I love figuring things out, but also being okay with being clueless sometimes and actually enjoying that. So I like to start asking people, just like, where do you feel? Put you on the spot right now. If there was a spectrum from clueless to conscious, whatever that means to you today, how are you feeling? (sighs) Somewhere in between, like I, for myself, how I live my life is pretty conscious. I'm very spiritual, very intuitive, and I work in the same cycles of life Mm. and seasons, but I still want to learn so many things. I'm a Gemini, so I am Mm. so open to learning and to being a sponge and soak it all up. So in between. Yeah, I like that. I just realized, Amana, that again, you and I are both Slytherin and Gemini. That's yeah. Oh. yeah. Yes. Um, Dream team. Yeah. <laughs> I very much feel clueless most of the time, but I always tell activists that's not a bad thing. There's, I often find when I'm talking to newer activists who learn about whatever they whatever animal atrocity they want to help end mm-hmm. they're constantly like where do i start i don't even know where to begin and i always tell them it's okay to not know because that gives you so much opportunity to try so many different things and see what sticks and what mm-hmm. resonates with you so while i feel clueless i'm comfortable in my cluelessness it's welcomed yeah yeah I really love that. So I noticed you said vegan for 11 years and an animal activist for 12 years, Tyler. How did the animal activism start and how did that proceed? That's interesting to me. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of trying to meet people where they're at when we do any kind of animal rights activism, right? There are so many different issues that you can get somebody involved in when it comes to getting active for animals. But I feel like one of the biggest downfalls is we always try to get people to go vegan first, go vegan. And we, as Mm -hmm. vegans know, it's not difficult, but it does require a pretty large change that can be influenced by society, tradition, culture, all these different things. So when I got involved in animal rights activism, I started getting involved with like circus protests and the Mm -hmm. rodeo, animals used for entertainment, where everybody can be on the same page. You don't have to be a vegan. And I've over the years, I've met many people at these circus demonstrations who weren't vegan, but they were just appalled by the atrocities that happened mm. in circuses. These gentle elephants who were constantly being poked and prodded and beaten by bull hooks got active like that. And then, of course, it just evolved where it was like, okay, 
now I need to address the animals who I eat and whose secretions I consume and whose children, all these different things. And that's how I went vegan. I love that reminder. And I've talked a lot about that on this podcast and on social media and stuff, because that initial phase for me of going vegan, I was so angry. I was so upset. I was like, I've been lied to. The world sucks. We're doomed. Gotta go. Like it was, and it, and if anybody didn't agree with me, you're not listening. It was just, I was so adamant and I have evolved since that moment. I think it came from a good place, but it's not how anyone wants to be approached to learn about anything and myself included. But I like that you said that there are different ways of access points, right? You just Mm -hmm. can gather because you care about this thing and it can lead to these other conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amana, what's your vegan story? My vegan story is pretty simple. I initially went vegan for my health. I have very sensitive bowels. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to change something. And I, when my spiritual journey evolved, the taste of meat was disgusting and Mm. that's what made me think what is happening here I've been a chef in restaurants and I've been working with animal products my whole life and everything was just starting to rot before my eyes and I was like okay this is not the way I want to do things anymore I'm gonna flip everything 360 degrees and I'm done so I started my form of activism is recipe developing and people over at my table to to show them the compassionate side of food, of the food Mm. industry. So I said to my parents and my family and my friends, go vegan. Otherwise, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I was the raging vegan for two and a half years. Thank Um, you for sharing that. Like, honestly, I just thank you for validating my anger too. Someone else was out there. Yeah. And then things started happening so quickly and a lot of people got involved with what I was doing. And yeah, I haven't looked back since. I think I've been vegan for over seven, seven years now. I'm not counting, but you don't count a love story. So I Count a love story. Amana. It's like poetry. God. But it is poetry to me. Food and veganism, it's all a way to express my art. And it's a very important part of who I am today and how I will proceed forward. I'm wondering if either of you had this experience because I was, my relationship with food growing up, I was known as like a picky eater. I only liked certain things. And I actually felt like going vegan made my understanding of food just completely widen. I, you know, everyone worries that it's going to be so narrowing Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to take so many things away. But I'm like, I've never eaten such a variety of foods since I went vegan. Exactly. That's the whole point. Your experience as well. Absolutely. I think not only the variety of foods, but also the cultural cuisines. I'm Dutch Caribbean. Growing up, we eat a lot of cultural food, but I never thought of having Indian food or Asian food. It's just amazing what you can do with vegetables in the first place. But the whole 
cuisine coming together and seeing what is out there and what is originally vegan from the start and just mm. learning all that truly amazing whole mm. world opens up i yeah. agree i wouldn't say that i grew up a picky eater by any means but i grew up in a very like conservative farm town like city environment and so one of the things that i am always excited about when i go over to like my parents house for example and i was very fortunate when we went vegan it was like a year later we moved to los angeles from this small farming city in colorado and so we lived there for six years and so that just in and of exposed us to mm -hmm. so many different cuisines and cultures and all these different things and so moving back to colorado back to my hometown and being able to visit my parents and tell them like oh because my parents will often ask, what did you have for dinner? What have you been eating lately? And it's, we had samosas and we had a delicious curry yeah. and all this stuff. And my mom's like, wow, where did you, ex what is that? Where did you experience that? And it's yeah. just having that opportunity to show them that there are so many different things, not only in American food that you can eat that's plant-based and vegan, but from all these different cultures and how experienced you become when you look for other foods that aren't just animal products. Yes, absolutely. I think my creativity in the kitchen, not that it's much, but it definitely increased after <laughs> being vegan. I just, it just made me look at food so much differently. And I'm really thankful for that. It really okay. does change that perspective. So I'm curious how the two of you connected and created this manifesto that I am working through, this unofficial Harry Potter vegan cookbook. Tell me the origin story of that. God. Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> you're both looking at each other like shit. It's one of those things because so I started a Harry Potter inspired animal rights nonprofit called the Protego Foundation. Which I'd also and love to hear about. So take Red, your pick. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I started that, I came across Amana's profile as well, Magical Food Department, where she was making just delicious looking, beautifully styled Harry Potter inspired vegan recipes, which blew my mind. I was like, okay. And so I think we just started chatting Amana like via mm -hmm. these Instagrams. We started following each other, likes here, comments there. And then my good friend, Kat Miller, who's on the Protego Foundation's board of directors, she works for a book publisher that was publishing a bunch of these like, Harry Potter inspired books. And she knew that one of my life goals was to write something inspired by the wizarding world. And so she came to me and she was like, what, what do you think about writing a book? And I was like, yes, okay. And I'm always trying to think of things from like an activist lens. How can I further like my mission, my personal mission of making the Harry Potter fandom the kindest fandom it can be to animals. And I was like, boom, here we go. Vegan. And we all know how popular the original Harry Potter cookbook is just yes. it's sold so many copies. I have two myself and I'm vegan. And so I was like, okay, boom, here we go. Vegan Harry Potter cookbook. Let's do it. And then I was like, hold on, Tyler, you eat the same four or five meals. <laughs> Every that week. would be like me making a what? cookbook. It'd be like, who wants oats? And yeah, you like tofu and pasta? stir fry? Here we go. And so I was like, damn, I don't know how to cook. I don't know. Like I can write supplemental material, but I can't, I don't know how to write a recipe. I can't take photos right. as anybody who's ever followed me on Instagram can tell. So I was like, <laughs> but I know somebody who can take amazing photos, who can write mm. amazing, beautifully. And just, I was like, Amana. So I went to Amana and I was like fully expecting Amana to come back and just be like, I'm okay. Thanks though. <laughs> like pass, no problem. But no, Amana, you came right back to me and 
it just, okay, here we go. Let's yes. do this. Let's do wow. this. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is, I know this is corny, <laughs> but <laughs> that is one of those things that makes me love the internet. Yeah. I mean, truly, so true. Like, connecting with people all over that you would have never connected in that way. Mm-mm. And because of that, like this real thing was created and that's like pretty freaking cool. It's so amazing. Awesome. Just that means so much to me. <laughs> so Amana, when Tyler pitched this idea, were you automatically? Yes. Were you like, I was waiting. I was waiting for an opportunity like this because I think a lot of people, when they see my photos, are like, I'm not going to make that. That's so difficult. But it's the way Mm. I present things. It's my form of expression. But it doesn't mean my recipes are very hard to make. So I was like, this is the opportunity to let people know and to show them how it's supposed to be done. Yeah. That's so true. Because when I first got the book, I was flipping through here and I was like, I don't know, (laughs) y'all. This is beautiful. And this is not what the food I cook looks like. Not that it's bad. But then I I know I've only done two recipes so far. And I've started, I've been dipping my toe in with some of the like Mm -hmm. snacks and that kind of thing. But even both times I've been like, oh, this was pretty simple. This was pretty easy. And it just really was nice to feel like a little ego boost almost after the first couple. I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe this isn't so so bad. And so I feel directly what you wanted to people to feel is this is attainable for me, even though I'm not a kitchen chef. That's amazing. So you nailed it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You crushed it. Honestly, that's a real review from... Someone who makes the same four things every week. I was, as soon as, it's funny, my my stepdad, who's almost vegan now, was, wow. I told him I was doing this. And then I made this announcement before I'd even tried a recipe because I just get excited about things. And then you mm-hmm. both responded and you were going to be on the podcast. And I was like, had this moment where I was like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What if I'm not good at this? And then I'm like pigeonholed myself into this. Or what if I'm just like, these are harder than I thought. This is not good. So it's all working out. Yeah, I think a lot of people are in that nine to five mindset and picking up cookbooks that it's made in 15 minutes. My message is also is that I am not Jamie Oliver or Nigella Lawson with the Express series. Mm-hmm. I am trying to do something different. And on the front, it says extraordinary, extraordinary time in the kitchen. It's mm-hmm. not so fast, fast. It's the experience itself. There's a soundtrack involved. There's a little story. Everything is laid out for you to have a magical experience in a kitchen. It is mm-hmm. the experience because then when I was sharing the dragon roasted nuts with people, I was like, oh yes, this makes its first appearance in this movie. <laughs> and everyone was yeah. like, it's like, okay, set it in the book. <laughs> I didn't just, I didn't just know that. But... <laughs> But it is, it's like, it's the whole experience. It's totally, yeah, I'm just so excited. I just think this is the (laughs) raddest thing. I love that. Thank you so much. That's definitely something that I've learned from working with you, Amana, on this book is when I can take the time in the kitchen to really appreciate food and the process of transforming food. Because as Amana, you mentioned in your bio, 
you you refer to yourself as a kitchen witch. You are a kitchen witch. And I love that idea of magic because I mm-hmm. purely think about Helga Hufflepuff and what she did and why she's so tied to food and all that. She was a kitchen witch too. And it's just, oh, I love that connection and the this the seeing the ingredients transforming, right? And once the book was like put out there, I started to slow down and find myself saying, this is the closest that I can get to potion making. Like (laughs) this is how potion making would be. Potion making isn't done in 10, 15 minutes, boom, bam. You've got polyjuice potion. It's no, this is brewed for weeks. This is, and you can, granted, I I don't think any of our cookbooks or any of our recipes require (laughs) weeks, but it's like, not for my skimming. (laughs) Yeah, good. But it's like that whole idea of being more connected to the food that you're transforming. It was magical because I oftentimes look at when I'm eating vegan, I'm viewing it as like a political statement as I am anti-speciesist just by eating like this. And it's empowering. It's exciting. And so to see and spend more time with those ingredients, I'm finding so much more connection with now after we've done this book and after you and I have worked together. This podcast is supported by North. North's mission is to provide unique and innovative cannabis products to help bring peace, calm, and healthy alternatives to their consumers. All of their products have been meticulously designed and formulated by co-founders Brandon and Mike to ensure that their customers receive nothing but the highest quality. Currently, they offer three product lines, Vibes, a THC CBD seltzer, gummies, THC gummies, and Fusions, a CBD wellness beverage. I'm a huge fan of the THC CBD seltzer. My current favorite flavor, blackberry mango. Use code CARLY15 to get 15% off your order at drinkthenorth.com. That's C-A-R-L-Y-1-5, or hit the link in the show notes. Enjoy drinking the North. This podcast is sponsored by TerraSeed. TerraSeed is on a mission to disrupt the vitamin industry, empower vegans, and reduce plastic waste in the world. They put everything plant-based people struggle to get in an all-inclusive, vegan, compostable package multivitamin that replenishes them and our planet every single day. Seriously, y'all, win, win, win. Even if you're not vegan, this vitamin will help you get those key nutrients that you need. I am so excited to share a discount code for your first purchase. Use code CARLY50 at checkout to get 50% off. Again, that's C-A-R-L-Y-5-0 for 50% off your first purchase at terraseed.com. Don't forget this code so they know I sent you. I struggled to be connected to food in that way. Like it was just like I I did. I like to cook. I go through phases where then I'm eating the same things truly and not doing much at all. But I actually said to someone after this last recipe of, I think I was in a bit of a rut. This is helping me like cooking again. This is reminding me why, again, what you just said, Tyler, why it's, wow, I'm transforming food. I'm making magic here. That is yeah, pretty you're cool. alchemizing. Yeah, you're Nicholas Flamel. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I'd be remiss to ask if I didn't ask about some origins of Harry Potter love. We made a Harry Potter vegan cookbook. And I know everyone has their own story of their love and their appreciation. Sometimes it's just you're a part of the age group that hit hard and whatever yeah. it is. It doesn't have to be something profound. But I'm just curious kind of how that how those stories came to be. And then yeah, I have follow-up. I'll do one question at a time. Sorry, I get excited. <laughs> oh, Ty, you go first. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Growing up, it was like 2000 and my family was hit with a lot of personal tragedies all at the same time. And so it made me, it made it really hard for me to find friends and be able to make friends at school. And so my teacher started reading us a book called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I fell in love. Great writing, of course, all that stuff. But what it gave me was the opportunity to escape the four walls of my bedroom. I could go on adventures with Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I could have friends in a magical world. And I just connected with the idea that somewhere around the corner, there's magic. If you were to Mm. peel back just a little bit of our world, there's a fantastical world right behind it that's been existing that has culture that has tradition and it's exciting mm-hmm. it's the bummer to to be like oh uh, if that was true i'd be a muggle because obviously i don't have magic <laughs> now but just the idea that somewhere there's magic i found that so comforting as a kid and so i just i consumed and consumed and i've been part of this fandom since 2000 i've reread the entire harry potter series over 137 times it's just become so much a part of my identity And I love that I have now been able to connect that to something that's even more important to me, which I know is wild to say, but yes, anti-speciesism, animal liberation is far more important to me than Harry Potter. But to be able to connect the two, as I've been so privileged to do, has been a dream, dream come true. That's amazing. Mm. That's really amazing. (laughs) What up to you, Amana? So for me, I was 11 when I got to the premiere of The Philosopher's Stone. I saw the movies first, and then later in life, I read the books. I went to every premiere with my mom. This was our little tradition, our little thing. I was a really oddball growing up. I was the coolest, though, thinking back, but I was a weird kid. And um couldn't fit in anywhere. I grew up in a very white community and Harry Potter was like my escapism and movies, visuals are very immersive to me. So I really could be there and just go to school, make my food and then (laughs) go to potion class. And for me, the most magical moment of my whole life was that moment that Dumbledore said, let the feast begin. And I saw all that food appear out of nothing. And I knew at that moment what I was going to do with my career. And I was like, this is what I am going to do. And I told my mom and I told my family and I haven't looked back since. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. I love the stories of feeling like you found a place to belong. And that's so true for so many people in love with this series. And I just love that that came through in both of your stories. So the Protego Foundation Mm. is what you were mentioning and we alluded to before is how you married these passions. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Tyler? Yeah. In 2014, I was working with a buddy of mine named Andrew Slack. He had created... God, back in 2007, I want to say, an organization called the Harry Potter Alliance, which was an actual 501c3 nonprofit organization that tied the human rights messages in the Harry Potter series to real world action that fans could take here in our real world. 
And I was chatting with him and I was like, man, I really want there to be something like this for animals. And he was like, well, it's not really something that we can do, but try it on your own. And yeah. I was like, yep, here we go. Because similar to what you're saying, what you said earlier, Carly, I'm very much somebody who gets very excited. And I'm like, why does anybody do that? I'm going to do that. And so I reached out to a couple friends and got connected with my friend, Catherine, and we created an organization that was then at the time called the Whooper Foundation. And that's a bit of a deep cut. We actually ended up changing our name because of that. But a Whooper is a magical bird whose song is so powerful that it's said to cause people to go insane. And so these birds have to be sold with a silencing charm on them. And we mm. found that was a perfect analogy for mm. how we view animals in our world, right? We often say in the animal rights movement that animals don't have a voice, so we have to be their voice. And that's always bothered me because it completely removes the fact that animals do have a voice. They they can speak. We just can't speak their language. And it's the, the savior complex that we also do with each other, right? Exactly. It's mm -hmm. human saviorism. And mm -hmm. it was like, no. So we, our tagline was breaking the silencing charm for that exact reason, because we wanted to break the silence, the metaphorical silencing charm that we've casted over animals. And so we started, we launched the organization on Snape's birthday in 2015. No real reason why it was Snape. It was just the closest birthday to when we wanted it just to launch. Worked out. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, all right, there we go, Snape. Even though he's not necessarily the nicest to animals, he often threatens to feed potions to Trevor. But anyway, yeah. and we've been able to do so many amazing things to help animals through our shared love of Harry Potter. We've petitioned Universal Studios to offer vegan butterbeer, which we've just had a very big step in, in that victory, where now you can go to any Universal Wizarding World of Harry Potter theme park, and you can get butterbeer without the dairy-based foam topping, which they wouldn't do for you before, and I tried for years. Can confirm. Went to <sighs> Harry Potter World once in Florida, uh -huh. and I was so pumped. Like I was with two people that weren't with that weren't vegan. They went up to get butterbeer and I was like, I'll take mine without the foam. And she was like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I knew, and I understood it was like a policy that this woman was having to regurgitate. So I wasn't I didn't like throw a fit or anything, but I, my friend yeah. even was like, can't you just leave the foam off? Yeah. Like, Why is this? What? That's amazing. That's a, maybe I have to go back just for that. You, I would definitely recommend it. God, I tried so many times. To figure out a way. Now I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but I tried so many I'm times interested. to get that butterbeer without the topping because I'd seen the contract. I know it's a licensing agreement. I know that Universal gets so fined. weird. It was wild. And so I was like, what if you put the topping in a separate cup than that? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, what if I put a <laughs> napkin down? And then they were like, no, we can't do that. And I was like, okay, what if I just slip you a 20? And they were like, Sir, oh my God, stop. this is it's the activist brain in me where it's okay if i can't get my victory this way what about this way so yep. yeah we launched a petition we at first it was targeting warner brothers and the head of the dining universal and then eventually it ended up with me wow. having to reach out directly to jk rowling and just we finally got a win another one is coming can't say too much yet but another one is on the way which is very Ooh. exciting so I think that's the biggest victory that we've had thus far because the Accio Vegan Butterbeer campaign is what put the Protego Foundation on the map. We've done a lot of other great things, whether it's helping animals in shelters, rhino sanctuaries in South Africa, chimpanzee sanctuaries in Florida, all these different things. But I think if I had, I just announced yesterday as we're recording this, that I'm leave, that I've fully stepped away from the Protego Foundation. My good friend, Marissa Price is now 
the president of the organization. Wow. So after nine years of leading it, I'm fully stepped away, which is very exciting to be a cheerleader from the side and still be a big supporter. But there's one thing that I had to be like, hang my hat on that I'm the most proud of. It's that vegan butterbeer campaign. Wow. First of all, yeah. Thank you for nine years of dedicating yourself to that work because not all of us can do activism in that way. And that is a certain level of activism that I really appreciate. And nine years, are you, Mm. how are you, how are you feeling about that? I feel, I mentioned this in the announcement video that I don't like it. My cup doesn't feel full. It feels overflowing with gratitude Mm. and accomplishment because there were certain key milestones that I wanted to hit within my career, my career at Protego. One of them was to like hold a protest. And so when we last year, when we were at LeakyCon in Orlando, we were like, this is the perfect time. We're all coming together, all the Protego Foundation, a bunch of the Protego Foundation volunteers. And so we were like, let's organize the first ever Protego Foundation protest against Universal for vegan butterbeer. And so we tagged them on social media. Every time we promoted that protest, we tagged them. We were like, hey, we're coming because that's the thing with activism, right? Oftentimes, I'm people can get active on social media, no problem. But it's very easy for your target to just turn their phone off or swipe yeah. away from the app and you're gone. But they yeah. can't ignore you if you're literally outside their front door. And so we were that like, it's harder. Yeah. So we were like, let's do that. And so the day before our protest on Harry's birthday, we got word that they were like, wait, wait, wait. How about you can now order butterbeer without the dairy-based topping? And it was like, hold on. So like I left the convention, went right to Universal and ordered that butterbeer. And first I asked, I was like, so I hear that you can now order butterbeer without the dairy-based topping. And the woman who I was speaking to was like, no, I don't think so. And then her manager came over and was like, wait, you didn't hear? You can do that. Yeah, they told us in the big meeting this morning. And it was like- Gosh, this isn't, I'm like, got goosebumps. It was wild. Cause I, and every person that I interacted with, cause I went to every location that sold butterbeer. I was like, tell me how you found out. And this was what they all said. It was a rush meeting, a rush all staff meeting. They brought everybody in. And then the, like the executive team for universal came in and they used this phrase. We have historic news. And they mm. said, you can now serve butterbeer without the dairy based topping. And that's exactly how they phrased it. Historic. Because before you could never do it. Everybody was like, you can never ever, you would get fired if you served butterbeer without that dairy-based topping. So it was not only a big deal for us, it was a big deal for them. And of course it was a big deal for the mother cows who now will feel some slight alleviation to the suffering Mm -hmm. that they endure for butterbeer. Wow. (sighs) That is incredible. Truly. Thank you for sharing that too. Thank you, Amana. I really like talking to both of you together. And I love the fact that you collaborated because it's just a really good reminder of all the different paths to activism Mm -hmm. and that they're all so valid because they're all going to reach such different people. There are going to be people who want nothing to do with the activism you just described, Tyler. Mm -hmm. And there are going to, there are going to be people who are like, but I will, this woman, this kitchen witch inspired me because of these beautiful pictures. I'm going to try these vegan recipes and vice versa. And like, it's Mm -hmm. really good to keep that in mind because I know for myself, sometimes I can get very pigeonholed too. If we have to be doing this, 
And to just be cognizant of the fact that there is all different types of people and all different types of ways to make a difference is like so evident here with the two of you as examples. Yes. I couldn't do what Tyler is doing. Like I have such little patience. So (laughs) for me to express myself through art is the perfect way. It's yeah. We are a dream team, Tyler. We are. I like to think so. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. We, we have to remember dismantling speciesism and other forms of oppression have to be dismantled in the biggest of ways and in the smallest of ways. And not saying, not dis- discrediting that, but mm-hmm. just think about the journey that somebody might take, right? They're out on the street. They see somebody protesting. They get a leaflet about why they should go vegan. And then they go to an office party. And then somebody brings a vegan dish to an office potluck. These different things. What is it? You have to hear the same message like 20 something times in order for it to stick. We have to do that constantly in every different facet. It can't just be protest leaflet. We have to see small things. You have to see people who inspire you make these changes. It's everything needs to work together. And I, like, like Amana said, I could not do what she does. I don't have an artistic bone in my body. So I need, we need people like Amana. We need people like everybody to Mm -hmm. dismantle speciesism. Absolutely. Are there big plans for either of you? I know, Mana, you're about to go on a much-deserved rest for a few weeks. And now, Tyler, you are stepping out of a role you've been in for nine years. And I know that you mentioned that this Harry Potter vegan cookbook was like a lifelong dream. Are there other things either of you are working on, cooking up, dreaming about that you can talk about? Mana just had a big announcement. (laughs) I had a really big announcement. Yes, I the 12th of September this year, I will be releasing a Harry Potter Eyes Wide book called Where in the Wizarding World. (laughs) So Inner Child is screaming, hopefully for everyone, because this is it. (laughs) I'm my inner child is screaming and my adult self is screaming. That's amazing. How did I miss this? Oh, my gosh. September, you said? September 12th. Yes. Wow. Um, this is going to be a book that is going to be in your hands glued because I've been looking through the book. I've been reviewing it for a week now and I can't stop looking at it. I'm obsessed with everything, but it's just a wider world of all the movie sets, just mm. the echoes of the movies, mm-hmm. but then in in how I present things. And I went to an incredible challenging spree for myself. I did all the thrifting myself. I did the photography myself. I did the settings myself. I made the artwork myself. I made objects, everything. So it was a really incredible journey, especially through the looking glass. I learned a lot as a as an artist and as a woman as a whole. And yeah, I've been working on other projects too. I cannot talk about them, unfortunately, but it has to do something with so <laughs> there'll be information for people to follow, both of you in the show notes. So I know everyone's gonna be like, <laughs> okay, so how do I keep up to date on these announcements? Yeah. So there there people can follow along. That would be great. <laughs> What about you, Tyler? Anything exciting you can share? Yeah, God, there. 
there are a lot of things in my life that I'm very proud of. And Protego was definitely one of them. But the other one that I am just flabbergasted that I get the opportunity to do is our podcast that's called Radicals and Revolutionaries, which I was inspired when I first became an activist. You know, we talk about angry vegans and angry activists. Mm-hmm. I'm, I still describe myself as that. I've been able to channel it in different ways and tamper it down when I need to. I saw you but, had the cranky vegan on and I had him on my podcast as yeah, well. Yeah. Jake and I, we co-host Amazing. that show together. And oh, he's a co-host. He, mm-hmm. I ha- I admittedly fully full disclosure haven't listened yet. I yeah. earmarked it and was like, Good. "This is amazing," and saw him, and I was like, "Oh, same." So yeah. that's cool. I'm so sorry. I will listen. No, no. be listening soon. It's it really is one of the proudest moments of my life to be able to because when I be an activist, there are many different people who inspire you. But I was directly inspired by the Shack Seven, who Jake was one of. And I've always been obsessed with the radical group, the Animal Liberation Front, and the sacrifices mm-hmm. that they make and all these different things. And so I reached out to Jake and I was like, dude, I know that you're just as passionate about this as I am. Can we do a show together where we sit down and we interview the actual radicals who were part of the animal liberation front. Where did it start? All of these stories capture these stories because as unfortunate as it is, a lot of these activists are older people. And Mm -hmm. as Jake has mentioned many times, you know, when somebody passes away, who was an activist in that movement at that time, those are stories that are missed. Those are stories that can inspire the next generation of activists who are gone. And so that's what we try to do with radicals and revolutionaries. We sit down with the people who were there and we were like, tell us about this historic action where 20 dogs were liberated from this animal testing facility. Tell us about what was going through yeah. your mind, all these different things. And so we're recording season two of that right now. We're going through, we started in the UK. Now we're focusing on how the animal liberation front and the movement came over to the U S. And so we, we have, fantastic interviews that I'm just so stoked for because obviously being here in the U S and being an animal rights activist, you come across these different whispers of stories. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so excited for that. Yeah. We're hoping to have that next season out sometime this year, but as folks can probably imagine, it's difficult to find these people, get them comfortable to speak on record because there are so yeah. many stories that haven't been caught. A lot of these people their actions aren't known. And so it's, Oh God. So I'm excited. I can't wait to listen to that. That is really fun. I know Jake was inspiring to me on a different level. Like I came into being vegan for health reasons. Mm -hmm. And then I was like the environment. And I think I was, I was avoiding learning about the animal part because I didn't want to believe it, but then fully diving into that he really opened my mind to a level of activism that I just wasn't connected to. There are not a lot of strong vegan activist protests in Grand Marais, Minnesota, on the (laughs) North Shore of Lake Superior, (laughs) as you can imagine. So it was really wild to hear just the stories he had in an hour. So I can't wait to dive into your podcast. Would highly recommend. And I always tell people that I did it or pitched the idea to Jake for a very selfish reason, because oftentimes I I get frustrated (laughs) with new activists who don't know our history and Mm. and I don't blame them. I know there are many different things that go into that, but I'm like, just learn about where we started, why we started and why we did what we did so that we can learn and evolve from that and continue to innovate to dismantle speciesism. So it's so fun. I'm so proud of that show. (laughs) That is truly amazing. And I think that is true 
with any, any fight, right? Like we, we just can so easily forget about a few decades of before. And I have had this similar experience with women's rights issues in college and in grad school and protests and women's studies major over here and all of those mm-hmm. things where I'm going to be 31 in a couple of weeks, but I already feel like I'm like, honey, do you know that this history is so recent? Like we're still like that kind of thing. And there has to be a way to share that. There has to be a way to give that information. And so to have a podcast that is taking down those stories for that fight, I think is pretty cool. Right. I hope you enjoy it. If you do listen to it, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I definitely will be. And I will for sure. I'm pretty certain I'll enjoy it. I'm not just saying that, but I think like my interests will be allowed me to enjoy that one. Good. Is there anything that you want to, either of you want to share with listeners that I haven't given you space to do? Yeah. I think so. I think the foreword that is written by Ivana Lynch, that is the first thing you should read when you open our book. That is so heartwarming, so magical, and it will set you up for an incredible journey. It's true. Yeah. And that you can find the unofficial Harry Potter vegan cookbook anywhere you get books. You can find it online at your local bookstore, Barnes & Noble, anywhere. Buy it. Buy lots of them. I already have two, so I'm going to keep going my collection. (laughs) I honestly just... Oh, were you going to say something, Amana? Yeah. Which (laughs) recipe are you making next? And which one are you the most scared of? So I can help you a little bit with that, maybe. Either later today or tomorrow, I'm going to make rock cakes. Oh, Yes. I love rock cakes. And I live in a tiny home. So anything I make, like the roast dragon roasted nuts, it was just like my whole oh, place smelled yes. so warm and yummy for two days. A friend Delightful. came in and was like, what are you cooking? I was like, yesterday. And it's still <laughs> just like lovely. It's, like, it's a small, tiny home with a, a tiny little like oven thing. So it doesn't take much Cute. to make the place smell good. So that's, I'm hoping the rock cakes will do the same. Yeah, they smell amazing. In terms of being most nervous maybe some of the like m- the bigger main courses probably that just have a little bit more steps I don't know if there's one in particular but maybe not scared so much as more just this is when you really have to have your shit together Carly and you have to be a little <laughs> bit more organized and you can't be like oh I forgot to get this one out you need a schedule yeah. so I'm I love birthdays and my birthday is coming up so I'm throwing a birthday oh. party and I'm gonna have I'm going to use that as an opportunity to do four or five of the starter recipes. A lot of the like crudite and the like grazing board. So I'm excited to, to make a few of those in the next couple of weeks. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm traveling to see a friend soon too. Actually, I'm going to New Zealand in March. Wow. And I think I'm going to bring it with and make some recipes there as well. Oh my God. Happy early birthday too. Thank you. Yeah. yeah Are you an Aquarius? You. I'm a Pisces. Are you a Pisces? Later, yes. later. I'm a Pisces Hufflepuff. I'm sappy. I'm crying. I'm like <laughs> mushy, gushy. I like try and act tough, but I'm just, I can't help it. I can't help oh. it. Oh, thank you for joining me. I would hopefully love to have you on again in the future. And I hope we we stay connected because I really enjoy both of you. This was really great. I love the energy from this interview. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having (laughs) us. Sorry. (laughs)
<laughs> I wanted to cough and talk at the same time. You so tried I... to get both out. <laughs> Multitask. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're all Thank good. You so much. Thank you so much for having us and doing these amazing series and just really immerse yourself in this book. It really means a lot for me as a recipe developer, seeing the recipes. Yeah, it's truly amazing and very refreshing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I will message you with questions once in a while, if that is an open invitation. Okay, great. Please slide in my DMs. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, put it on social media. Don't forget to tag me. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, leave a review. Reviews and shares help more people to see the podcast and join in on the fun. If you want to make sure to stay up to date on future episodes, follow me at Consciously Carly on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Pinterest, and head to consciouslycarly.com to sign up for the newsletter. Ready for more Conscious Living content? Check out patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and join the exclusive community over there. And finally, if you're ready to take better care of yourself and the world, let's work together. Click the link in the show notes to head to the website, find out more, and schedule a free discovery call with me. Chat soon. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? By now, you all know that therapy is an important part of my own self-care. It has truly been a game changer in every aspect of my life including achieving goals. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy platform worldwide. They are changing the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And I have a special offer for Consciously Clueless listeners. Visit BetterHelp.com Carly and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. By using this code, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash C-A-R-L-Y. Take care of yourself today. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast.